Welcome to the Breaking Into Finance podcast. My name is Craig Thompson, and this is the open source field guide to help you understand everything you need to know about breaking into finance. Let's dive in. So we've talked about our DCF analysis and kind of like fundamentally that we're doing all of this, you know, three financial statement math to project future cash flows. We've talked about weighted average cost of capital and how to discount those future cash flows and get to this DCF model. That is qualitatively super important to understanding value in pretty much every public company context somebody will do a DCF somewhere to like try to value it but as i think you guys saw when i did the screen share of that model it is just so sensitive to these really random assumptions like in the terminal value and so it turns out that it is exceptionally rare that investors make decisions based on a DCF model that intuition guides a lot of things that people do and a lot of prices you see in the market. But really the only time an investor will use a DCF model in a material way is when no matter how they torture the logic in their DCF, they can't get to a public company value. Like the proper way to use a DCF is not, I built a DCF, this is the value, but it is to say, I built a DCF, I tested all of these really aggressive assumptions, and in no world is the company worth what you're asking for or what like the, the market says it's worth. Um, but more often than not, like 99 times out of 100, you can come up with a generally reasonable DCF assumption where like the range of possible outcomes includes the current market value. So the number one most common way that investors in public markets will decide like, should I buy or not buy these shares is it's usually based on something that is abbreviated as a CSC or a comparison of selected comparable companies. We've talked earlier about margins and some of the like income statement analyses that you might look at where like you might look at the gross margin of a business and what that means, the EBITDA margin or the profit margin or the PE ratio. Um, you might look at the leverage of these companies and how much debt they have. There are all sorts of ratios or like if it's software businesses, you might care about number of users. You might care about customer churn. Like there is an endless amount of like data points that you can use to compare companies. And one way that people think about doing these CSEs is they find as many very close comparable companies in the market as they can to the company that you're trying to value. And they'll just look at all these ratios and take the average across the comp set. So if you're trying to, you know, like, um, have you guys ever eaten at Kava or heard of Kava, the like fast food place? I love Kava. It's the best. Um, it's so good. So Kava went public recently. And at the time that they were going public, there was no like, you couldn't look up like what is like Kava worth. And so what these investors who are involved in the IPO and what these investment banks who are representing Kava tried to do is they're like, okay, well, like, what are some ways that we can try to estimate what Kava will sell for? And so in the CSC context, they likely looked at like Chipotle 
They probably looked at McDonald's. Um, they probably looked at like a bunch of other like quick service restaurants. Like it's possible they looked at Yum Brands, which owns like KFC and Pizza Hut. Um, and they would do a bunch of like similar things. Like we know Kava's margins, we know their growth rates, and they would be trying to contextualize what Kava should be worth given what they know about the metrics of these other companies and what those companies are worth. So one example might be that the average PE ratio of those like other companies similar to Kava might be like 40. And so then that might be a starting point where you're like, okay, like maybe Kava should trade around 40 times earnings. But then you dig in and you're like, oh, well, like Kava has a higher growth rate than some of these businesses. So the next thing you might do is you might do like a peg ratio. Like you might take the PE ratio of all the companies in their comp set and divide it by the growth of each company in their comp set. Um, and then you might be like, well, Kava has, you know, lower gross margins than Chipotle or like lower same store sales. And so it's it's sort of this like more art than science way of defending a potential price for Kava on the basis of what you know about the operating metrics of these other companies and, you know, and what they're trading for in the market. Um, and by, by the way, like if I told you that Chipotle and don't, don't look this up, please. Um, cause I'm, I'm curious for your guesses. If I told you that Chipotle's market cap was 57 billion and they have a PE ratio of 56. And I told you that McDonald's has a PE ratio of 31 and a market cap of 213 billion. What do you think Kava should be worth? Sorry, one more time. What's the PE ratio of Chipotle? What did you say it was? 56. Um, and by the way, like when people are doing this, they care about a lot more metrics than just what I gave you. They're like, okay, but like on what earnings base? Like what is the gross profit? How many stores do they have? Like you can imagine when I give you just those two numbers and you're like, well, I don't know. You can imagine your head going to different places of like, well, what other information would you like to know? Like, you're like, well, I don't know, because I don't know how many stores McDonald's have and how many Chipkava has. Like, I don't know what their revenue profiles are like. Um, and so that's where taking the average across a number of comparable companies that are public, you can be like, well, like the, you know, all of these companies are different, but like, if their average revenue of the comp set is like five times as large as Kava and the gross margins are similar and the P ratio, like the average P ratio is like 35 or something, like that would be a way that you could start to interpret it. By the way, Kava as a complicating factor, they're like P ratio is like not applicable because they're, I think their profit is technically negative or like close to zero. Um, and so you'd be like, okay, well, I can't value this thing off of a P ratio because that has a lot of stores, like I believe it has value. Um, 
Any guesses at Kava's market cap? Well, I'm generally curious to know like how popular it's Mediterranean food, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would think it'd be lower than Chipotle's market cap personally. Um, so if Chipotle's market cap was what you said, 56, something like that. Yep. I don't know. 40. 30. Olivia, higher or lower than 30. What do you think? Um, I'm not completely sure, but I want to say higher. Uh, it's a lot lower. Uh, it's like, it's like five or 6 billion. Um, but some of that, like, it's a smaller company. Like, it makes sense that it should be worth less. Um, like, I think Chipotle, let's see, Chipotle has 3,200 stores in the U.S. And Kava, I'm just Googling this, Kava has 263 stores. Oh, wow. Oh, that's way less than I thought. Um, yeah. Where where are are the stores? Because I know it originated, like, there weren't many in Massachusetts. Like, I, I had to go to, like, D.C. to find one. But do you know where yeah. they are geographically? Um, you can look that up. Um, I just Googled Kava number of stores and the first link is to QSR magazine. It says they're only in 22 states. Okay. Interesting. Um, but that is an example of like, oh, well, like number of stores or, you know, like I could have told you revenue and you would have seen that the revenue numbers are really different. Like um, these are like examples of just like, oh, like these companies are at different stages of their life cycle. And I can find quantitative ways of triangulating to value. But just as important is overlaying the qualitative growth message. Like Kava might be like, we're growing so fast. Like you won't believe, like we've like tripled our number of stores in the last three years. And so one thing you might think is like, okay, well, they'll keep tripling for a while until they get to the size of Chipotle. But Blaze, exactly what you are getting to is like an open question is, how popular is meta is the underlying cuisine or the underlying offering of kava and like is the addressable market of like quick service mediterranean food fundamentally smaller than quick service mexican food globally in the us like however you want to define it um and i don't i don't actually know globally like how different it is but in the us the mediterranean like QSR, which is quick service restaurant market, is definitely smaller um, than Mexican. And so that is one way of like, you can say, well, as Kava, I believe that they're going to grow, but they're going to max out below Chipotle. Um, and so you'll use like, so this is where you could build a DCF to try to like approximate, like if they get this many stores and their revenue grows by this much and their margins are this, like. I can kind of project their future free cash flow and discount it. You can do like a CSC and kind of look at all of these other comps and say, well, like these companies are worth this and that implies this ratio and we're smaller. So we're probably maybe lower PE, but maybe we're higher growing. So higher PE, but we're smaller. So like it's a smaller base. So we should be worth less. Yeah, I was so I'm I'm super interested now in like how you even calculate like how popular is Mediterranean cuisine. Like I don't even know how people go about um yeah. So one one as an investment banker, what you would do is you would tell the company to hire Bain and Bain would figure that out for you. So that's like if you as a listener, like trying to figure out like 
where in this ecosystem of discovering value you're really interested in. The question of taking a complicated set of business facts and estimating a value or an addressable market size based on that is much more in the domain of the consultants. And then on the banking side, where you come in is you will take some consultant's projection of like peak number of stores that they can open and maybe a trajectory of growing to that number of stores. And all of your fancy WAC calculations, all of your fancy like CSEs and like value comparisons. And you're saying, okay, like if I believe Bain's market growth assumptions, this is the value, like this is the dollar value. Um, and they're both like, they're both hard. Like you could know what all the numbers are and it's like, well, it's this company. It's like all this stuff. Like what's that worth is like a hard problem. And then like, there's like consumer tastes and like the operational logistics of opening stores and in which States and like market saturation. And that's also a hard problem. Um, and so those are kind of like the two sides of like two similar but different paths that um, a lot of listeners, I think, certainly face uh, coming out of school. Um, so that is really like the CSC, like we can go through like some examples, we can talk about those. I'd encourage you to practice on your own. I think we probably at some point will have some Excel um, visualizations up, but it really like the metrics that you care about and what you're looking for depend a lot by company. I think like you know, PE ratio and like peg ratio are two like very common metrics, like revenue and like, you know, like the size of the business, obviously like these are like super important, like CSC things, but then depending on the sector, depending on the industry, you probably naturally will be like, well, like if I'm comparing Tesla to Mercedes Benz, like there's a lot of other stuff that I care about there, like making um, electric versus gas powered cars. Like there might be fundamentally different margins in those businesses. There might be fundamentally different growth profiles. And so as you're trying to look at one company and contextualize it versus others, you likely will have other questions that will come up besides like revenue, EBITDA, profit, PE ratio, PEG ratio, maybe like price to sales ratio. Like those will appear on pretty much every CSC. Um, but then there'll be other metrics that you will, you know, say like gross margin or other things. You're like, oh, this is really relevant too. That does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to check out our website, breakingintofinancepodcast.com, where you can submit questions, join our Substack to stay up to date on new content releases and much, much more. We'll see you next time.